Good morning. Again, I think most people are in. If you haven't found your seat, please uh, do so shortly. I have just a couple announcements that uh, I'd like to share with you, some logistics, and then also uh, open us in a word of prayer. But uh, so restrooms for ladies and handicapped are right back there. Men, this is a hometown hoedown, so the outhouses are out back. So uh, I'm sure, men, you will help us with that, right? Uh, also, if uh, you brought your offering this morning, uh, there's an offering box right back in front of the truck and uh, on one of the barrels there. Please uh, put that in there. If you didn't bring your offering, the ATM machine is right over there. That was a joke. So we're, uh, we, uh, we trust that you're going to have a great morning this morning. Tim and the Glory Boys are here this morning and tonight. And so uh, they didn't do that when I came up, but when I introduced you, they did that. I don't know what the story is. So, so and. And we want to bless their ministry too. Their, uh, the concert tonight is free, and, but we want to, to bless them. If you would donate toward their ministry, you can go online and uh, you can donate there. If you want to write a check, you need to write it out to them and it goes to, you spell your name John? Fennelson? Yeah. That's yeah, how yeah, you yeah. spell <laughs> Or Han Hannaford Bible. Yeah, there you go. Okay, no, it's... Uh, Tim Newfeld Music. music. Yes. I always want to say ministries, but music. Tim Newfeld Music. Uh, you can write out a check to that, and it will go obviously directly to them. They've been traveling around the Northwest, and so we're excited to have them with us today. Uh, but let's pray and ask for God's blessing this morning. Father, thank you for your goodness and your love. I pray that you would be with us today. Lord, just uh, may your spirit be active in our lives. And as we worship you, may your praise uh, ring through the rafters of this barn as we praise you this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness and your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tim and the Glory Boys. Thanks, Pastor John. Hey, everybody. This is so amazing. This is more people than we've been in front of in probably two years. And uh, <laughs> they're not letting us meet with anybody in our country. So we had to come down to the land of the free today. And <laughs> We're so grateful. Um, we serve the same God this morning, amen? Down south, up north, all around the world. We're all God's children. What a privilege to meet, and especially in this old place. Man, this barn is cool. So cool. The stories, I'm sure, have come out of this place. Amazing. So let's think about God's amazing grace, shall we? Amazing grace. Sing it. That saves a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I was blind, but now I. 
was grace. It was grace that taught my heart to feel. And grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace Trust in Jesus, but holy trust in Jesus. Let's try that again. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend. Holy trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love.
I rest, I rest on His unchanging grace. Through every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds, my anchor holds within.
Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one who guides my heart. Lord, I need you. And Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Sing it. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I Sing that, just the chorus. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Bless the Lord. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Bless the Lord, just the voices. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, sing it. Oh my soul, worship the soul, worship His soul. Yeah, sounds so beautiful. Yeah, come on. Sing like never before. Oh. We try something this morning, just the women sing it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Beautiful. Oh my soul. Worship. Worship. All right, just a minute. Come on. Sing like. time together bless the Lord bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name thing like never before oh my soul I worship your holy name Worship your holy name. Oh, we worship your holy name. Amen. So, God, we thank you that you're here, and we do worship you this morning. We lift you up, and we um, we just say we need you. We need you. And we love you. Amen.
Amen. I was hoping for a more cowboy like Montana. Amen. One more time. Amen. That's what I'm talking about right there, eh? Pastor John, it's all you. Tim and the Glory Boys will be uh, back in just a little bit to uh, share some more with us in worship this morning. As we have what we call the fall kickoff, and it's not just because this is the first weekend of the NFL football season, (laughs) but as we consider things and, and as the calendar goes, a lot of times things begin in the fall and run in a school year pattern. But as a church, we're called to make a difference in the world. We're called to worship, we're called to grow, we're called to share. And as we think about what the church is and what it's supposed to do, what is the mission of our church, God set up the church, it's his plan. What does he expect us to do? What does he desire that we do? In the book of Acts, we find the story of the beginning of the church. Jesus Christ had died, rose again. He'd gone back up to heaven. We read about that in Acts chapter 1. And then we see the introduction of the church, God's plan for this world. And in Acts chapter 2, we get a little snapshot of what's taking place in that church that began in Jerusalem. And we see in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, just an overview of what was taking place, and it was amazing. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing as we look at his word this morning. Father, as we come before you, may we be encouraged in Jesus Christ. May we be challenged in our relationship with you. May we recognize who you are, and Lord, may we have you as Lord of our lives. And Lord, as we just sang, it's so exciting to bless the Lord and as we worship your holy name. Lord, as we look at your word, may we recognize principles for each one of us, that we would leave this place not with just greater knowledge, but Lord, that we would apply these things from your word for your kingdom as we serve you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42, it says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In this passage, we see some of the characteristics that were demonstrated by this church in Jerusalem. We see that they were a devoted church. Verse 42 says they, commit, uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. The, the phrase continued steadfastly emphasizes a continual devotion. 
They were diligently learning as they studied under the apostles' teaching. They were constantly encouraging each other as they spent time together. They were regularly taking part in the Lord's Supper as they focused upon Christ, their Lord and Savior, and they were fervently praying. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 reminds us that as a church, we're to encourage and challenge one another in our relationship with God as well as our relationship with each other. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Continues in verse 25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The author there of, of Hebrews recognized the urgency of encouraging and, and walking alongside each other as we grow in Christ, as we serve Him together. They recognize the importance of learning, growing, and serving together. Not only was it a devoted church, but it was a unified church. Beginning in verse 43, it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done among the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. What happened? They were unified. They were amazed that they saw the work that God was doing in their lives and in their community and in their world as they served Him. They sacrificially gave as they saw others with needs. Many of them had physical and financial struggles. Some of the people there in the church had lost their income, their family support as a result of following Christ. For us to follow Christ, maybe somebody at work would sort of say, oh yeah, that's the religious one, and maybe get a little bit like that. But for many of these people, their families would disown them when they followed this Jesus. And many of them lost their work. They had a choice to work or to follow Christ. Many of them facing just the simple daily difficulties that we can face. Struggles that we have. But, but what happened when, when they had others that struggled? They came alongside and they helped them in their difficult circumstances. When they saw the needs, they voluntarily gave up their resources to help. Now, you read this and you think, well, this sounds like a commune. I mean, it says they, they sold all their possessions, and, and, but it was a voluntary giving of their resources to help one another. It was sacrificial. They sacrificed greatly to help one another. 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says this, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for one another. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us love, in word, love not just in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
The idea of taking care of one another. That's part of what the church is about. When we see needs within our body, when we see needs within our community, we as followers of Christ are to step up and serve and to give, to help, whether it's financially or physically, whatever the need may be. And the church at Jerusalem was known for that. And we're to be known for that also. They were unified in purpose. Verse 46 says that they were all in one accord. Now that doesn't mean that they drove around together in a small Honda. It was the idea of they were unified in their purpose. They were unified in their goals. We're called to worship, grow, and share. Notice what they did. They met in the temple there in verses 45 and 6, but also from house to house. They spent time worshiping corporately, but they also spent time with one another. We can use the term large group, small group. We're called to, to gather together to worship. That's what we're doing here this morning. But also, small groups, a more intimate setting where we can challenge each other more personally. We have connect groups, adult Bible studies, ways to connect, to encourage one another. And the church there in Jerusalem was, was spending time encouraging each other, growing together, standing with each other, exhorting one another. We're called to do the same thing. It's important for growth in our lives to have time together, to grow together in Christ. But they also were a joyful church. Notice what it says in the end of verse 46 and the beginning of verse 47. It says, They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. They worshiped and praised God for what was taking place. And when we are selfless, when we are focused, we will naturally praise. That's a natural outcome of our worship. It's a natural outcome of selfless serving to praise God. But the amazing thing there at the beginning of verse 47, they had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They were an impactful church. They had favor with all people. And if you've heard me speak, one of my little sayings that I heard from a professor was, was this, all means all, that's all all means. And what happened? The whole community, the city of Jerusalem, was seeing what this group of people were doing. And not only the, the church itself, but the community was amazed at what was taking place within this group of followers of Jesus Christ. And it says that daily people were coming to Christ. They were recognizing there was a difference in these people they were observing, and they wanted what those people of the church had. 
They were drawn to Jesus because of the life of the church. And that is what we are called to be. So let's ask ourselves this question. If Hannaford Street Bible Church closed its doors tomorrow, would the community notice? That's a tough question, isn't it? If we closed our doors tomorrow, would the community notice? Now, I, I want to encourage you. I, I see things that are going on, and, and it's amazing. I see God at work. And I don't want this to be a chastisement. I want it to be a challenge to recognize there is so much more that we can do. And so as a church in Helena, are we making a difference in our community? Is the community seeing us and being drawn to Jesus Christ by our actions, by our service, by our love, by our grace, by our Christ-likeness. We are called to make a difference. This church in Jerusalem made a difference. And if you follow through the first few chapters of the book of Acts, you see it began with 120 people meeting together there in the beginning of Acts chapter 2. And then right before verse 42 that we began reading, it says that 3,000 people came. And then another place, 5,000 and thousands, and then it was beyond, or it wasn't beyond numbers, but they stopped counting. There were so many. Why? Because a group of people determined that they were going to live out Christ in their lives. They were going to be what the church was called to be. They were going to encourage each other they were going to stand together. They were going to proclaim Christ together. They were going to serve each other. They were going to serve their community. And they prayed that God would use them to change the world, and he did. But we are called to have that same goal, to have that same purpose. It's amazing as you think about it, we're called to be different. Now, I brought with me here a, uh, a diffuser, and in a room this small, it really will make an impact. <laughs> and maybe a couple of you in the back can't see it, so I'll have to describe it. I don't know. Bill and Katie, can you see it? Okay, good. At least we got past the second row here. So if, if you look very carefully, you'll see that that a little mist is coming out. What does a diffuser do? Diffuses, diffuses thank you very much. A, a diffuser diffuses. <laughs> and it's amazing, you put one of these with some essential oils in a room and pretty soon the room smells differently. But you see, it, it doesn't seem like it's doing a lot, but it's making a great difference. And that's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do. We're called to make a difference. Through the power of Jesus Christ, we're to make a difference in our world. So I want to encourage us as a church to consider how are we making a difference? 
How are you making a difference in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood? How are we as a church making a difference in our community and in our world? And if you're here this morning and you have never come to a time in your life when you've prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to forgive your sins, I want to encourage you in that. It says there in verse 47, daily they were coming to know Christ. What does that mean? You may be here this morning and you say, yeah, a friend, a friend invited me to come, said there was a band that was going to play, and uh, so we should come. And they may even have donuts and coffee. But what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? It means coming to a point in your life when you recognize that you are a sinner. And we all are sinners. Every single one of us has sinned. We've done things that go against God and his word. But recognizing that you're a sinner, recognizing that we cannot save ourselves. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Eternal death, eternal separation from God, but it doesn't stop there. The verse goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ came to this earth, God in human form, in human flesh, and he took our sins on the cross as he died for our sins. And then he rose again, showing victory over death. It goes on in Romans chapter 10 and says, If we confess with our mouth the Lord and, con and confess in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So if you've never done that, I encourage you today to simply pray and ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to be your Savior. It's nothing we can do. It's putting our faith and trust in Him. And then the opportunity to start a lifelong relationship with Him and an eternal life with Him in heaven. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, Help us as a church to make a difference in our community. I thank you for so many faithful people who have served, continue to serve. Lord, I pray that we would make a difference. Lord, it's through your power and it's for your glory, but Lord, we pray that you would use us in ways beyond our comprehension. And Lord, as we grow together, help us to grow individually in our relationship with you. Lord, we pray for the city of Helena, some surrounding areas. We pray for our nation and our world. Lord, a nation and a world that needs the hope of Jesus Christ. May we be part of the army that provides that hope as we share about you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we have some things going on as we begin our fall, and you're probably tired over the last several weeks of things that we've been saying that are coming up. But right now, Galen Dowdy is going to be coming, and he's going to share about what's taking place in our connect groups in adult study and uh, some exciting things as we look at spiritual gifts. And Galen's been working on that, so I'm going to turn it over to him and let him share. Thank you, Pastor John. Well, beginning next Sunday, the 19th at 10.30 uh, a.m. 
right during the second service time, I'll be beginning a class on spiritual gifts uh, at, in the fellowship room. And it's part of an initiative that the elders have begun uh, over this fall to help us, as many of us at Hannaford, to discover our spiritual gifts and use them in ministry and service. And you say, well, what's a spiritual gift? Well, a spiritual gift is an ability that you received, if you know Jesus, if he's your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came in to reside inside of you when you received Christ, and he gave you at least an ability, and maybe more, that you weren't born with. They're gifts of God for his church to be used. And so uh, our small groups, our connect groups, are starting a six-week curriculum this, uh, from the 19th on um, that I've helped write. And then I'm going to teach a class for those who can't be in a connect group or choose not to be on Sunday morning. And we're going to go through that six-week curriculum, trying to figure out what Scripture says about our gifts, what they are, and then to get a process to begin to discover, okay, what gift did God give me? That includes a spiritual gift inventory that gives you a place to start to explore what your gifts are. Because, unfortunately... The New Testament tells us a lot about what spiritual gifts are. It doesn't tell us how to find them. So when Paul and the apostles wrote the New Testament, it must have been evident to them, but it isn't to us. So part of what we want to do is evaluate our own experience, have other people give feedback to us about what our gifts may be, take an inventory, a place to start, and at the end of that process, we're going to have a ministry fair where the ministries of our church will list out the kinds of ministry tasks that we have to do uh, to accomplish that ministry and the gifts that might go with them. So if you think, well, you know, I think I might have a gift of service. Where can I plug in? And you find a place to plug in, give a one to two month commitment, try something out to see if you're fulfilled. Like, I can't wait to go serve. Or people, people's lives are changed. Maybe people come to Christ. Our church is built up. You found your gifts. And if not, okay, I know, cross that one off. That's not my gift. I'm going to try something different. Okay? That's the process. Now, why do all this? Well, the elders are convinced that the more of us here at Hannaford that know our gifts and, can, and put them into practice in ministry, the greater our ministry as a church will become and the more will impact our community. In so many ways, it's exactly what John was just preaching about in Acts chapter 2. And just for argument's sake, let's say that 10%, maybe even 20% of our church right now, of the people in our church, know their gifts and they're using them in ministry. What would happen if we could raise that bar to 50% or 60 or 70%? Think of the kind of Holy Spirit fruit we would see in our church and in our community and the people coming to Christ through it. That's why I'm excited to teach this class, to help our small groups, our connect groups go through this process, and I hope you can be too. So I, do, I really want to encourage you. If you're in a connect group, fantastic. You'll get to go through this process. If you can't be in a group, come join me 1030 next Sunday in the fellowship room as we go through this process. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Galen. And if you're not part of a connect group, please contact the church office. We'll connect you with a connect group. And so you can be connected. And so beginning next week, they'll be starting going through that. But it is time. Tim and the Glory Boys are going to be coming back. All right. And at the end, we'll tell you a little more about what's going on this afternoon and tonight. But right now, you guys can uh, sing with us. Yeah, I've lost the Glory Boys, so...
<laughs> it's just me. I hope that's okay. Uh, it is going to be a party tonight, though, I will say. And, um, man, it'd be amazing if everybody came back. But I, I get there's probably some football games on tonight. But that you can record. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> um, the, the lyric machine isn't working, so I'm just going to... Uh, it's just me, and we're going to do some familiar songs, hopefully, that y'all know. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. Our song again, whatever may pass and whatever lies before let me be saved when the there it is all right you know this part bless the lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before
Like me, I 
Amen? Yeah. All right, amen. See you later tonight. Pastor John. Everybody, Pastor John, come on. There it is. There's the applause. All right. Appreciate the little uh, incentive there that you gave. Yes, yes. We are glad you came this morning, and tonight it's going to look a little different. I know some people have been asking, are we going to have the campfire like we had last time? Yes, quite possible. Possible, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's a barn burning, but no barns will be burned. No barns will be burned in the uh, barn burning, yes. And, and everybody misses the buffalo. Right. I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, I know we're in Montana, and this would have been the perfect uh, situation. But. but if you were at last time, it was the Buffalo Roadshow, right? It was, yes. It was. Yes. So, uh, but there's going to be lots of fun stuff tonight. The stage is going to look a little different. They're going to be 6.30 p.m. Excuse me, going to be having a concert tonight. Yeah. And we want to see you here at 5 o'clock. We're having a cookout down by the pavilion, and there will be games. There's kids, there's kids games, uh, bouncy house. There also is a mechanical bull, so uh, some of you can show your abilities. Yes. And I don't know, is, I heard that you were challenging everybody to a bull ride. No, I was challenging everybody to do a bouncy house ride. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, so uh, you can sure uh, choose, <laughs> challenge Tim in the bouncy house if you want to. And uh, so we're going to have that tonight, but I want to encourage you to support their ministry. They've been traveling around and sharing the gospel and sharing uh, worship of Christ uh, around in the United States, and they're headed back to Canada now, so we, we want to bless them. So go on to their website and uh, help there, or Tim Newfield, Newfeld Music, if you want to write a check. And uh, we want to support them and help them. Tonight's concert is free, but we ask that you see how you can support, bring some friends to come. We hope to see you at 5 o'clock tonight. Let's pray and ask God's blessing as we leave this morning. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and your amazing grace. You are truly great. Lord, as we uh, come back tonight, I pray that we would just have a, a great time together, a lot of fun, and, and uh, growing together. And we just pray for the ministry of Hannaford, that you would use us mightily for your kingdom. Uh, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.